Welcome to Bloody Mary, a podcast about horror movies, sexuality, and feminism. I'm your host, Chicago comic Kristen Ryan. And today we have with us another Chicago comic, Leanne Yopes. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you've been working on? All right. Um, well, Kristen and I actually run a show together called Appetite for Rock and Roll Storytelling. Um, it's every second Wednesday at the Elbow Room at 8 o'clock. Um, it's a show generally just about music, about concerts, uh, it can be about fan experiences, anyways, and that music has affected you. Um, it's a really fun show to hear people's tales and then to eventually tell your own. I usually talk about how gross ZZ Top lyrics are. Yeah, or how I didn't understand Prince lyrics until I was really old. Um, Still don't understand half of them. <laughs> you don't need to. You just have to get it on. Uh, yeah, and then I also run uh, BH9021WO, uh, which is a website that is better than a mega burger uh, for all of those Beverly Hills 90210 fans. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here tonight. And uh, I'm curious... Uh, how do you feel about horror as a genre as a whole? Um, I love horror movies. And yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah. Um, I always, I, ever since I was a kid, I always went towards that direction. Um, part of it was I feel like growing up was always the covers of the movies. They always enticed me. Like oh, the, yes. Yeah, that I always wanted to go through them. Uh, it was kind of like the for, the forbidden section, but yet was really enticed by all of them and uh, my high school job I was third key manager at Suncoast Motion Pictures oh I forgot about Suncoast rest in peace Suncoast at the mall my VHS collection is not dead but my VCR is Um, so it just sits there in a box but um, yeah I always really just I grew up watching horror movies with my... I have an older brother and sister who are 9 and 12 years older and would always try to watch what they were watching and thought it was fun and have since always gone to them. Those are actually the movies that I will pay for at the movie theater, mm-hmm. even though they're usually pretty shitty. I love seeing horror <laughs> in a theater. Like, any other movie, anyone, like, even ruffles their chips and I'm like, shut the fuck up! Mm-hmm. But, like, in a horror movie, it's like, I love it when we're all loud together. Yep. <laughs> I know. I even went and saw Scream 4 at the movie theater. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I even saw that. Um, so what is the first horror movie you remember seeing? Actually, the one that we're probably going to talk about. Oh, good, good. Uh, um, it is Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, that's one that I first remember actually watching. Like, I remember, like, again, like with having an older brother and sister, they were always watching different things. But that's the one that I actually retain anything mm-hmm. of and then having the fear of going into the basement because of it mm-hmm. um so yeah for us to talk about tonight leanne chose nightmare on elm street the original the first the classic i don't even have to do a synopsis for you um, and i'm curious what made you choose nightmare on elm street i just love it um i always grew up like part of it uh, it's hard to just say this movie i know we've talked about even going into this because i just loved Freddy Krueger mm-hmm. as a kid and just I think it's so funny of how as watching the movie that they were advertising this uh, pedophilia to children like to children like here this child molester is the big thing that you should call the 900 number for and hear Freddy Krueger's voice kind of thing but like that was part of it like grew up like watching 
all of the movies as well as the TV show had the board game. Oh, I didn't know that was a board game. I know. It's actually one of the... I had it and I gave it away. I don't know why. Yeah. It would have been awesome to play right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So just kind of always revisited it too. It was one of the first movies that I felt genuinely scared by. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do, like, we were talking about this movie and you were shocked that I had never seen it in its entirety, and I think that's because when I was little and being babysat, I only got to see it in chunks, because the babysitter would turn it off, and I'd always be like, well, what was going on? (laughs) And, uh, you know, we did, uh, after watching it tonight, we realized they never mentioned pedophilia or molestation. And uh, we realized that's supposed to be more inferred on you as the viewer that you just understand what's really going on here. What is so heinous that would get Freddie killed? I was joking. Or Leanne brought it up. I guess we were talking a while back and I had said like, oh yeah, my dad told me right away when we watched it. Like he touches kids. And I was like, oh, okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that actually until the remake, really, completely. Like I knew it was like something bad, but that he just was mean to kids. <laughs> a mean old man Man. (laughs) they burned him (laughs) no it is funny like i actually have a joke about this movie about how re-watching it as an adult it's um you know the joke is that i would give up you know having to do my taxes or filing uh or like going for job interviews and all that adult shit if all i had to do was be harassed by a burn victim (laughs) (laughs) a burn victim that touched you (laughs) Yeah, but you didn't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't touch Nancy, so because she was pure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are the past kids he molested. Anyway, so some of the themes <laughs> that jumped out at us in this movie is uh, definitely the idea of purity. I mean, Tina, poor Tina. Tina got it right away. Yeah, right away. Also, first to, like, bang, you know, in the film. (laughs) It's because of her trash mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Poor Tina. (laughs) (laughs) Right away. The mom came out to go and comfort her child while she was waking up from nightmares. Yeah. And then... Some bald dude in a (laughs) tank top. Hey, baby. Gets it from somewhere. She get it from her mama. (laughs) It was the 80s. Yeah. It was a different time. Yeah, but no, with uh, Tina and Rod, too, like, just, like, right from the get-go of their flirtation, uh, that was, I don't I think that's kind of just a lot of, like, from 80s movies growing up of, I think that you always just knew that there's going to be a couple, mm-hmm. and that this is just what happens, that there's some of the characters, but you knew that they weren't going to be the ma- major plot line. And that yeah. they were like the sexy ones. The sexy ones are always expendable, mm-hmm. you know? It's true. <laughs> Which I think that really like influenced my dating as a young adult. Like you just knew the sexy ones were going to cause trouble. <laughs> <laughs> or end up dead, you know? <laughs> Harm you in some way. Yeah. Uh, be a lifetime of guilt of just worrying about them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Go with the nerd. So the the counterpoint to Tina would definitely be Nancy, who is our heroine. And um, there's so many moments in this film where her pureness and her virginity is threatened by Freddie in a, a not so subtle way. 
Um, obviously the scene in the bathtub. Yeah, that's real disturbing. She's in the bathtub, just being an innocent kid with her legs splayed way <laughs> open. And uh, as you do in the bath, and the the image is Freddie's claw coming up between her thighs, you know, like. Mm-hmm. No. But the thing is, like, Nancy was never sexy, though. But it's, like, kind of a sexy image, but she's not sexy. Yeah, she does look like a child. Like, I thought she always looked old. Like we had this. I think it, part of it was because of where it alluded to more towards the end of with like the gray hair and everything like that. But just, you know, maybe it's just like she exudes stress. Yeah, and that makes her feel old. Maybe because she did say at one point she looked twenty. Hey, that was so funny. <laughs> she looked in the mirror and was like, "I look so old. I look twenty. Like, oh, honey, I'd kill to look twenty. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then she dates Johnny Depp. Who, his oh, yeah. first on-screen appearance. Oh, this is his first? Yeah. Oh, he was so young and little. And kind of a not great boyfriend. No, she, I mean, I feel like he was just kind of aloof. Yeah, he's typical high school boyfriend. He failed her twice in these plans to stay awake. Yeah, he wouldn't stay awake. He wore crop tops and had big feathered hair. Yeah. Yeah, and oftentimes when they're having conversations, he was just like, you're crazy. That's um, true. Yeah, he would always kind of point it at her, like, this isn't real, and then we see what happened to him. Yeah, showed you, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's a puddle of mush now? Maybe she should <laughs> listen when you talk, yeah. You know, there's another point in the film where, um, and this is more at the end, but it speaks to, like, not listening to Nancy, in the end where she is, like, she's got Freddie trapped, and she's trying, like, hell to get out, but her mom put those fucking bars on the window, so she can't get out, and she's screaming for help, and everyone on the street is just fucking standing there staring at her. Like, two people come and look at her, like, huh, she seems to be real upset. Yeah, like, across the street, I'm like, how many windows does she have to break? You know, <laughs> yeah. It's like, throughout the house, like, multiple parts of the house, like, different sides. Yeah, and you know what? The dad didn't even come over until he saw the smoke coming out of the basement, and then he was like, oh, something must be wrong. Shit, there goes the insurance. Yeah. yeah. I thought that scene was very, um, it felt a lot for me as a woman, even when it's like not a threatening thing, like say it's even a work thing. Like I used to work in a very male-dominated union, and I felt like I could just stand there and scream something, and the men around me would just be like, what? Mm-hmm. Until they said it. And then it was like, oh, my God, that's so smart. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was just like yeah. beating my head on the conference table. But then, of course, if you say, well, I just said that, then you're such a fucking bitch, Mm -hmm. you know? It's fun being a woman. (laughs) So fun, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We could just talk about sexual harassment at jobs and all that. (laughs) They're just telling you you're pretty. Yeah. You should like to be told you're pretty. Just smile. Yeah. I'm your boyfriend now. (laughs) Nancy. Nothing creepy. creepy a disconnected phone in the tongue yeah so many tongues so many tongues and like yeah so many references to her vagina and like (laughs) yeah but no cunnilingus yeah well i guess i thought that but also like (laughs) if he's here to molest you and torture you are you really gonna get oral from him (laughs) maybe he's progressive Sorry. Very progressive molester murderer. <laughs> yeah, I also really saw Freddie as a metaphor for sexual education itself because the parents 
you know, it was the parents who decided to murder him, that Freddie was doing bad things, so they were going to take care of him. And then the children were paying the consequences of their parents murdering Freddie. So, like, I kind of wonder if we could view, like, Freddie's destruction as unbridled sexual activity, unsafe sex, really. So, like, maybe AIDS and syphilis, gonorrhea, all these things are kind of, like, hitting the kids and causing them to die. I don't know. I thought maybe that could that was, like, an interesting metaphor. Yeah, I feel... So, Nightmare on Elm Street was directed by Wes Craven, and they I feel like they played a lot of that in Scream, too. Yeah. Like, where they would go back to it, of where the first person who has sex is the one who mm-hmm. always dies first, like, is... If you're going to have premarital sex or do anything with your nether regions, you're done kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it's like you're always a savior. If you hold out and you're pure and all of this. And then um, so I feel like it was always kind of something that he went back to in a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, with Freddie personally as that, um, yeah, like just kind of where you're not taken seriously unless you have your morals in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's what like abstinence only people like really believe in. Like, oh, you just be pure and moralistic and then you won't have to worry about unplanned pregnancies or STDs. And if you're a slut, then fuck you. (laughs) Well, and then Glenn and Nancy lived across the street from each other, which is also kind of pure in the fact of like that they grew up together. Oh, yeah. They've known each other forever. And like there's a scene where she looks out the window and she's like, well, look at me. And then she had to say, I love you. And they're like. 15 yeah yeah they know what love is of yeah. course <laughs> of course <laughs> dry hump and love oh yeah which is yeah. nancy wouldn't even sit on the bed by her boyfriend such a prude yeah nancy's <laughs> a real prude she wore that sweater like over a button shirt and, like puffed <laughs> in the pants oh lots of work yeah nancy's ensembles they just reeked a like sunday school teacher pastels a lot of pastels I hate pastels. Yeah, I don't like pastels. <laughs> Although I'm kind of wearing them right now. They're kind of, good on a you. little bit. They're yeah. accented with black. It's different. Yeah. Like my soul. <laughs> um, so there was a lot of instances in this film as well where Nancy was really expected to be an adult and kind of like parenting the parent parenting the parent definitely let's talk about mom um (laughs) mom's my favorite in this movie actually i think she is my favorite character um not only the hair we talked about the hair how is the hair the same color as her face (laughs) so weird yeah um the 80s style of the hair is good but um in her breathy uh everything she said was just so emphasized by (laughs) her alcoholic <laughs> breath <laughs> um yeah just be like as a kid i don't think i actually under the i my parents were pretty straight laced like i didn't have any issues with that thing like growing up or anything no uh hidden bottles in the closet that were always frosted <laughs> or always chilled yeah always, always chilled. chilled yeah next to the hip in bed anything mm-hmm. like that but um seeing it as an adult of just how pronounced it is like where it's like in every scene where it's just like here's this giant vodka bottle just Mm -hmm. out in the open at seven in the morning my favorite was always that she was like oh i'm gonna stand in front of it and then walk away but oh i need to stand in front of it that's right no one will know 
Yeah, Nancy's mom. She Secret. burned Freddie. Yeah. Um, and that kind of explains her alcoholism a bit. I guess, you know, <laughs> if you're part of a mob that kills someone. <laughs> oh, I never told you. Oh, when I was your age, I was part of a mob that murdered a man. <laughs> the 70s were crazy. It's just because no one listens to her. You know? yeah. That's what it is. You know, she's just trying to speak out. What's the line you said? Is drunk mom is drunk. You said drunk mom's drunk because no one listens to her. Yeah. Yeah. Drunk's mom, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Someone needs to listen to her. And it's when the burn victim comes back and tortures her child. <laughs> <laughs> She's finally heard. They're all yeah. working through it together. <laughs> kind of like a group therapy, but in something that torments her child, which will then send her to therapy. Yeah, um, that scene where she was tucking her mom into bed. I was like, oh, fuck. That is some enabling and some codependency. Um, but I've noticed that a lot. Like, alcoholism forces children to be the parent. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the p- child just goes into therapy, and then it's fine. Right. In this case, they were at the the Katia Center, the sleep unit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Where they just openly smoke oh, while yeah. watching <laughs> their daughter sleep. This is a medical facility. Have a smoke. <laughs> Relax. Get comfortable. Watch your daughter go gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was a scene too where she that you could what I found so interesting in this movie too and especially where we talked about um, with one of the first movies that I saw as a kid like being horrified as this as a child and seeing it other times around still being scared up until I would even say like as an adult seeing it like it's not as scary of course like I know Mm -hmm. someone's not going to murder me in my dreams and things like that like there's definitely a disconnect from that like, I would even say, like, as, like, some of the sequels came out, like, I never actually felt threatened by that, but I guess by the idea of it, which is scary. Uh, and then uh, when you actually add the idea of that he's a child molester, when you comprehend that way too old, uh, <laughs> that's a little horrifying as well. How old were you? <laughs> um, actually, when I saw the remake, uh, like, that was not as good but like that was one where they were very blatant like he was a child molester and i was like you know i always kind of knew but never completely put this together and then i remember saying that to friends and they're also like holy shit yeah he touched all the kids and that's why the parents murdered him (laughs) yeah it is crazy though like with a lot of these movies how much is implied and how much you have to pick up on your own because they don't explicitly want to say things it's also really representative of our culture, I think, too. Like, if, if if we're assaulted, you know, it's not an... We don't have a lot of open space to just, like, come out and talk about it, mm-hmm. you know? Well, hmm. it's... Yeah, the whole thing of, like, even, like, more recently, too, of, like, the whole shout your abortion or grab them by the pussy, even. Mm-hmm. Like, where it's... Until it's, like, so blatant where people are like, hey, this might be an issue because where there's a gray line or is this just what happened mm-hmm. you know and so i don't know maybe freddy krueger is the one who just brought it up for all of us yeah initially i'm glad he did not grab me by his pussy with his clawed hand jesus okay speaking of the clawed hands i told you this story before we started recording but i actually thought 
that um, those gloves were like a gardening tool of some kind. And I was explaining to a friend of mine, I was like, you know, the, the gardening tool, like Freddie Ward. He was just like, that's not a thing. <laughs> like, then I just imagine Kristen growing up in Green Bay and seeing some neighbor with this clawed hand that's like sewing his lawn. <laughs> that's just the gardener. Don't piss him off. Just old man down the street. Just... Lawn. You don't garden that way? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things that are normalized to me that I've found out are truly her- terrifying. So uh, that's one of them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess going into like some of the sequels and things too, like where they kind of go more deeper into trying to make you understand Freddy, but then I think it's so interesting too of like growing up an 80s kid of how glorified he was in a way. Oh, yeah. Of where they're like, buy this stuffed animal of this child molester. <laughs> I know. I was thinking that, actually, because like, you have a pin on your jacket. I and I was like, yeah. oh, you have a pin of a child molester. Hey. <laughs> yeah, there's like a meme of this and like Freddy Krueger, like, who's your favorite 80s child molester? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know. It is cool. It looks cool in my jean jacket. <laughs> But, I mean, if you want to go for scary, like... You just go for it, you know? Like, you can yeah. have, like, the random of, like, a slasher in the woods. Or you can have the one who uh, torments your mind as well. <laughs> just cuts you up. Mm-hmm. But you think about it, like, children are the most pure. Mm-hmm. And, like, to go after them, not just physically, but sexually, is so taboo. Well, and you take away the power completely, like not only, especially being that peer, like where, what can a kid do? Like they're already so silenced, like you don't believe a lot of things that they say. Mm-hmm. And then you add the sexual predator as well as the threat of murder, but mm-hmm. I don't know. And not only that, but murder in a place where you're supposed to, where you're told from birth that nothing's real and everything's fine and you'll just wake up. So it's like essentially murdering the purest of all forms in their happy place (laughs) it is a fucking monster yeah so many times in the movie they're like you have to you have to sleep you have to dream in order to function and all this and it's like well then if you're threatened in that place of where you're supposed to function what do you do Mm -hmm. you have nothing yeah and i guess that's what scared me so much of it as a kid of like certain scenes of like in English class like I think that was like one of the first ones like after Tina died and she went to school the very next day yeah also not good parenting <laughs> at all who said they used her as a trap to catch Rod <laughs> well if they used her as a trap then it's okay <laughs> so many so many bad parenting choices like they still like they kind of tr- stopped her as her mom poured herself a drink at 7 a.m. before school <laughs> and then there was a scene of her running down the street getting mauled by Rod, mm-hmm. where he was like, I'm not threatening you, as he has his hand over her mouth and all. Just be quiet. <laughs> Just be quiet. I'm not going to hurt you, is something you hear right before you get hurt. And Rod, always shirtless, but like with a leather jacket or a button-up shirt that wasn't buttoned. Yeah. So sexy. <laughs> so sexy. But Rod has my favorite line of any Nightmare on Elm Street movie of... Because his go-to is up yours with a twirling lawnmower. (laughs) It's my favorite. (laughs) Makes you feel like you're right there. Feels like it would hurt. 
<laughs> yeah, I think uh, my favorite line from the film is, uh, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Yeah, which is so funny because I know I've said that to people and didn't like, know and I didn't realize it was from there but it just is so creepy and funny to say to people <laughs> it's just one of my favorite things to say to people maybe it'll be my new tinder pick <laughs> and you get dating tips on the podcast I'm your boyfriend now <laughs> Yeah, um, but so then when they, so they use Nancy to capture Rod, because he is the murder suspect initially, mm-hmm. uh, before you realize that it is a burn victim tormenting these children a in their sleep. Burn it's a victim. ghost. It's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. But also, okay, you finish your thought before I go off on mine. Well, I feel like that was just kind of... A loose plot line of just being like, well, we have to blame it on somebody. Mm-hmm. So let's just blame it on Rod. Yeah. Well, plus he was like, he was in the room with her. Right. So it is logical. It's logical, but even in the scene, like where he's not touching her at all or anything like that, but yet he had his her, her blood on him for like days on his hands. I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. Okay, so the other thing I don't get about Freddy is, like, he's a ghost, but yet in this um, elaborate booby trap scene Nancy's created, he falls victim to a sledgehammer in the head, or in the belly. In the gut, yeah. And then is like, oh, and falls down. Because she brought him into reality at that point. Yeah. She pulled him out of the dream. Because remember at the dream unit... When they're smoking while watching your sleep, um, that's when she first realized that she could pull part of him out of the dream because she brought the hat out. And then when she brought it up to her mom, like, so you took that thing that was really bothering me and you took dad to investigate that? You know, my dad, who is the police officer who has the power to investigate things? Oh, what? You just threw it away? Yeah. <laughs> we just throw away evidence here. We didn't care for that. Anything you're feeling or anything we just crush it we just push it aside like a good catholic <laughs> mom does and we're gonna go grab this frosted bottle <laughs> repress and drink <laughs> and repeat yeah make sure my hair looks good yeah. but like he wouldn't just be a normal person you know because when he he was on fire and then he somehow like got back in the mom's bed and like dragged the mom to hell <laughs> Which was, like, the most hilarious scene ever. Yeah, and, like, as a kid, too, like, where I told you that I didn't, like, completely understand what was going on in that scene, just that it was, like, I find the actual, like, how it looks. Now it's funny, but as a kid, like, a lot of these scenes, like, even, like, one of the very first scenes where he's chasing Tina with the super long arms in the alley. Yeah. Like, it's funny now, but, like, as a kid, I remember seeing that and being, like, all right, I don't want to see that and I don't want that chasing me. Yeah. And I don't want to be tortured in my dreams by Freddy Krueger or molested. Yeah. Um, Bold yeah. stance here. Mm. Don't want to be molested. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. As the mom, like her crispy corpse was being pulled <laughs> she, she, into she, the bed, she has one hand up. And all I could think was like, keep my vodka chilled. <laughs> Although it could kind of look like where she was going, even though she was going to hell, essentially, right? It looked Mm -hmm. kind of like it might have been chilled. 
Yeah, probably some, some, some nice blue lighting. <laughs> yeah, some nice blue lighting. Kind of look like a luge. <laughs> <laughs> mom will have a great time. Don't worry Just about luge it. this vodka off of Nancy's dead mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This was really fun to rewatch. And I have to say, one of my favorite scenes is uh, where Freddie's wearing Tina's face. Like, <laughs> yeah. And we're both from Wisconsin, so that just, it <laughs> hits close to home, you know? <laughs> yeah. We actually recently uh, rewatched uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Oh, yeah. And I hadn't seen it since uh, I was in high school, probably, the original at least. And not only could I appreciate the film work in it, that is actually a very beautiful film, mm-hmm. but how horrifying it is. I forgot just how scary it was, but it was just so funny of like our dynamics of the personalities of our friends who went and saw it. Of There's just Kristen just sitting all comfy and like she's in a spa ready for <laughs> it's a good Texas film. Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> That was nice. <laughs> and then our friend Karma, who watched 10 minutes of it and left. Went to the, yeah, she's done. She's done. <laughs> My favorite part of that viewing was uh, the night before we had been at Appetite for Rock and Roll, and I told a story where I casually mentioned I carried a knife in my boot as a high school kid. And then the hitchhiker they picked up had a knife in his boot, and Leanne and Karma both turned and stared at me <laughs> as if, like, this is the type of person I am. Maybe. Did you have a van, a conversion <laughs> van at any point in your life? <laughs> Friend in a wheelchair? Did you just leave? <laughs> Some people need to be left behind, you know? It's true. Yeah. But no, the that they had a few scenes like that where they I felt that they used that front door as kind of that gateway like so there's a part with tina of where nancy's running away and it's a very obvious fake shitty mask of Mm -hmm. tina um where he's calling out to nancy like oh you can let me in Mm -hmm. because i'm your dead friend tina (laughs) hey it's your dead friend tina (laughs) and then at the end of the movie chemistry a drag (laughs) of when they pull the mom through that tiny window in the door oh yeah that was so crazy. I mean, well, the ending's shitty, but... Yeah. Okay, we're going to talk about that, too, because that pissed me off. But yeah, mom getting pulled through that window was so fast. <laughs> like... <laughs> I feel... Yeah, I feel that there was alternate endings, but... I feel like they should have ended it when Nancy was saying, you're not anything, I don't believe in you, and that defeated Freddie. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been such a powerful ending. And Instead that... of her having her friends back, because, I don't know, like, that almost takes away from, it's like, well, you can just fall back asleep and everything's fine. You yeah, can just... it takes away from the trauma she experienced. Mm-hmm. Like, even if her friends were alive right now, she still experienced that and would have to process it, and it's awful. And, like, that's not real life. People don't come back from the dead, you know? Right. And in that way, like, part of me was really excited about that ending because it's, like, the idea that if you're strong and stand up to your fears, you realize you have nothing to fear. And if you work with other people and have that sense of collaboration, you'll be victorious. And I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, I did like how Nancy was the fearless female. Like, yeah. They didn't have it. I mean, in some ways, they wanted to make her a victim. And I feel that that's why they chose 
the girl to threaten mm-hmm. in a way, and then maybe with the whole molestation thing too, like maybe a taboo in the eighties to have mm-hmm. it with with guys and things like that too. But like where at the end she did stand up to him and put it, put together all those booby traps mm-hmm. and took him out, but. Yeah, Kristen and I were talking, too, about how um, the 80s loved booby traps. Oh, yeah. So many. So many. And I feel that um, Nightmare on Elm Street was kind of a precursor, maybe an inspiration for the movie Home Alone, mm-hmm. where she's threatening Freddy out the window of, like, come and get me. Mm-hmm. Like, still hungry or thirsty for more? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of parallels there. And... Now, having watched both of them, watching this during those booby trap scenes, it did feel comical. Like, mm-hmm. when he got the sledgehammer in the tummy, it was like, oh, Freddy. Yeah. That's, yeah, part of it, too. But I remember watching it as a kid, not, not necessarily the sledgehammer, but more of the scene of where she burns him in the basement, mm. of then him cr- crawling up the stairs. I remember being horrified of thinking of a burning man. Mm-hmm chasing after you on top of it yeah yeah but is it weird how the different ways to kill freddy throughout all of the series of like how fire doesn't kill a burn victim it's telling him that you're not afraid of him Hmm. at least in this one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i really like the question you came up with while we were watching those Uh, what does freddy do when everyone's awake (laughs) Yeah, because that's that whole thing of with the dream versus reality. Because that was, yeah, you had mentioned, like, wouldn't Freddy see her setting up the booby traps? (laughs) He's just bored and, like, (laughs) sitting around. He's just watching what Nancy's up to. Um, Where I think that he was then tormenting other children who were sleeping. Probably. People are probably sleeping in China then, right? Yeah. (laughs) and that's actually something that they allude to in the remake. Oh, really? Which, like, um, where that they, like, it went around the world. And that because like then they brought the whole internet thing of other people being tormented by it. Ah, yeah, it was interesting watching this. Like, this is before the internet. So, yeah. like, there are so many things that they couldn't just jump online and investigate. It really makes you, like, feel grateful to have that now. Mm-hmm. As much as you want to, like, have that disconnect, yeah, it is nice to... I guess know that you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting in that moment in the beginning of the film when the kids are all realizing that they've been dreaming about Freddy, I kind of felt like in that moment, Freddy was sort of this uh, metaphor for um, how fucking horrible and awkward it is to be a teenager. Mm-hmm. And just like, you're unhappy too? I am too. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> and that's how you find your friends. It's true. <laughs> yeah. You suffered through this? Oh. Oh my god. Yeah. I cut myself too. What? Your favorite band Serena Chili Peppers by too. <laughs> you know, the the, uh, the last thing that really jumps out at me is just um, how terrifying nightmares were as a kid. Mm-hmm. And like, I still have some now as an adult that really kind of shake me. And I think the film picks up on that dreamlike inebriation almost really well in like the jump scenes or like how sets of places kind of mend together. Like that's something that's always been very um, relevant in my nightmares. It's like 
Well, one, one nightmare is kind of funny, but it's like all my jobs that I hated become one. So I'm like, I'm a preschool teacher at a subway <laughs> making sandwiches. Yeah. Ugh, awful. <laughs> yeah. I remember as a kid, too, of like having like the same creepy dream two nights in a row about like, I just remember like a red car, like in a court. In like their neighborhood, like 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 I felt like for whatever reason, even though you could run through yards, you couldn't get out of the court mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. And then I was so afraid to have the dream one more time with this red car, like thinking that, well, if you have it three times in three nights in a row, it's gonna come true. Rule of threes, yeah, <laughs> like this whole thing of like, I don't know. I mean, like I guess I've had like personal nightmares outside of that, but that's one as a child that I remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. It wasn't until I was older and I met a professor of First Nation studies and I was, because I was in college and I was having a ton of nightmares, and she told me that the, I believe it's the Ojibwe, believe that nightmares are good because they balance out your energy and they're, it's happening in the spirit world, so it's like essentially you're going to the spirit world and dumping all your negative energy so that nothing in real life can hurt you. And I was like, oh, I like that a lot. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I feel like in some of the later ones, too, they try to play with the whole spirit world thing, too. But um, I also, how we were talking about different themes in the movie, and I do feel that uh, you can also, like, trying to relate Freddy to your everyday life of getting over exes mm. and things like that, of when ways to kill him, of when you really, like, you don't have that power over me anymore. Oh, yeah. yeah, deep and like when he like reaches for for the door and then he just becomes a CGI effect. It's yeah, like, hey, you don't fucking matter. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh. yeah, yeah. That is good. It's deep. Yeah. Um, Any uh, the favorite moments that jumped out at you? Well, we don't know who won Miss Nude. Oh, that's after... right, Miss Nude. We don't care what she's saying, <laughs> yeah. right, Johnny Depp? Oh, um, you tiny misogynist. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just still love this movie, even though like it's super cheesy. And I just actually recently rewatched this at Logan Theater um, when they replayed it this past Halloween. And I remember seeing it last year with a friend, and she was just belly laughing during all of these scenes. And I'm like, you realize this horrified me as a child. And she's just like, it's so funny. I was too afraid to watch it as a kid. And then she's watching it now. And then I saw it by myself this year. And then I started laughing at all of this stuff and being like, I don't know, it's pretty funny. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, once you take away the fact that, I guess it's that whole thing, of like, I'm not afraid of you anymore, <laughs> of just bringing it all back, and I'm like, you're just enjoying it. But I do, I think for the time, and especially of what other movies were released around the time, uh, I still think it kind of holds up, even with the 80s music and all that. I feel... Just the concept of it mm-hmm. is still really scary, but then has a powerful message, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like that's what I love about horror as a whole, is this idea that we can be terrified, but we have control over it to turn it off mm-hmm. and feel these feelings that we normally don't feel on a day-to-day basis, but be in control of them or also own them so much that we laugh at them, you know? Yeah, I think it's like, I mean, like, when I saw that a year ago with a friend, like, I was going through a shitty time in my life, and was just, like, in a different state of being, like, 
well, no, this is scary. <laughs> like, this is what's going on. Like, I don't know what's going on with myself. And then seeing it a year later with new eyes in a way, even though mm-hmm. it's a movie that I had seen multiple times, but just kind of revisiting it in a different mindset mm-hmm. and of just being able to see, like, whether it's your favorite horror movie or anything of, like, I remember, like, even, like, Point Break and things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not a horror movie, but still good. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have not seen that. I know I need to. It's when everyone was young and sexy and in their prime. Oh my God, yeah. Well, we can do a whole other podcast about Point Break. It'll <laughs> 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 be a spinoff. Yeah, or any like Keanu movies during that time. Yeah. Or just the Paula Abdul Rush Rush video. Oh, I hated that song. What about the video? (laughs) I don't remember the video. I do remember her second album being very much a departure from the first and mostly about ballads, and I was just really disappointed in Paula. Like a fast jam. She had vibology on that second one. That is a fast jam. I guess. And she taught you about something that you didn't know how to vibe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a professor of vibology. Oh, shit. All right. Well, mm-hmm. any uh, any final thoughts on Nightmare on Elm Street? I think we covered them all of what we had talked about, too, of um, if you want to check out a really good documentary about all of the movies, which is really fun, Never Sleep Again is really cool to go and revisit all of it. It goes through every single movie with all of the actors and all that. What I really like, too, is I know we were going more with the very original, but seeing the original, you just think it's a guy who is just tormenting you in your sleep. It's not really until the scene where Rod is killed where it's kind of pointed to that it may be suicide. And the fact that he is in jail mm-hmm. and he hangs himself. Where oh. And it's actually not until the third one where the like all the kids can't sleep because of their drunk parents and all of this and that they're all tortured oh and God. that they actually allude to suicide. That is a great metaphor, too. And it makes it more realistic. Whereas mm. like before, like there's kind of like the departure in the first one. Of, mm-hmm. Where it's just like, oh, it's just some scary guy who torments you in your dreams. Who happened to molest some kids. <laughs> On the this. side. Yeah, you know, side <laughs> job. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. I could definitely see that. See, yeah. This is the problem with... Uh, Prequels and... With films yeah. that have such a legacy is I usually have not watched all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very, like... Uh, like, some of the, like, mainstream American classics I've not seen, but, like, you know, obscure 70s Italian gore. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah let's talk about that. Like, I'm an idiot sometimes. They kind of allude to it, and I guess, like, where it... it when they're not sure if it's Rod, like the parents just don't, parents just don't understand is what the other <laughs> theme is. They just don't listen to these kids. You just bust into the Fresh Prince of <laughs> yeah. Bel-Air theme. They just don't listen to these kids who are trying to tell them about their problems or just like, whatever, we burned them and it's fine. You'll be fine. I'm going to drink this bottle of chilled vodka and... My hair is going to look really good. <laughs> really good. I'm just so tired. <laughs> She's always so tired. <laughs> and the dad. The dad, just, he's almost worse in a way. Yeah, you he's know? more obsessed with work. Like, yeah. You never see him in the film not being I mean, I guess at least officer. the mom cares when she's in the bathtub. 
Yeah. And she was like, don't fall asleep. Don't die on my property. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Where the dad just uses her to trap the possible murderer. More torment, I guess, and just more therapy for the kids. But Parents are the real monster. <laughs> that's, that's the what, point. That's what it is. It's totally the parents. It's always the parents. Um, no matter what the little problem it might Which be. Which does kind of speak to our generation and it's therapy and all mm-hmm. that. Like. <laughs> kind of. I know, like, where I work, it was kind of funny, these, like, I eavesdrop a lot on my customers. Oh, that hell yeah, you do. Yeah, they were on a date, and they're like, well, you know, they're from that generation where they don't go to therapy, they don't talk about anything. Everything's like, great! Yeah, but, but there's always so many problems, <laughs> so many uh. problems, and I feel like that's what this is, too, like, yeah, I'm trying to tell you I have an issue, and it's like, we'll just burn the evidence. Burn the evidence, have a drink, <laughs> shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen our house? It's great. Yeah, and then we're going to trap you inside it. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, maybe like being trapped inside with those bars and being burned alive is a metaphor for her being forced into an unhappy marriage. Oh. Yeah, maybe she'll get some teen pregnancy. Maybe that's why Nancy's mom drank. Yeah. To get rid of the husband. Oh, yeah. Lots of... Lots of family therapy needed here. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. So it's been an absolute delight. We had Thai food and watched Nightmare on Elm Street and then recorded. It was super fun. Pets and cats. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that's been Leanne Yopes. I'm Kristen Ryan, and this has been Bloody Mary. Have a good night. Mm-hmm.